Okay, okay. No, let's um, let's talk Q and A. I was like, I tried to rap then, but I didn't end well. Um, Still struggling to get people to book on for monthly reviews. How can I get across the value of these? Are they necessary for every client? Go. Um, well, a number of ways. First one. Um, I would, if you've got a client group, share what that looks like. So maybe share a bit of behind the scenes of kind of what you've gone through, the wins from the review from, from someone that you've done it with. So give them an insight into the benefits that it has and that it's coming from a similar person to them. So they'll start to see how it benefits them. I think for some people, you're going to have to play the long game of when they hit a bit of a brick wall um, in relation to progress and motivation and stuff like that. And then you can start to talk through the benefits of the review in relation to what they're struggling with and align them that way. Um, I, I would go out of my way to maybe put some videos into the group explaining exactly what it is, why it's there and all of that. So people completely understand the benefits of it. So there's three ways um, that could help you. Um, boom, 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 boom. And then the last point is um, clearly a lot of people struggle for motivation and to stay consistently motivated and all of that. So I would come at it from that angle. It's to support them to stay consistently motivated by going back through goals, um, re-motivation maybe. And it's a really good time of year to do that. So hope for them three or four examples help you to engage the people um, with the monthly review. Anything you'd add to that, Nicholas? Michael Hanley? I don't, no, no, not really. I think just to kind of reiterate, if you've just called it a monthly review and not explained what it is in their terms for them, what it's going to give them, then they're probably not going to understand what what it is. So lack of lack of buying. So no, just reiterating that. Go. It's my turn for a question. Please. Yes, it is. Um, should I start with my new prices of my service or an introductory offer? I only told one person the intro prices, but I have a feeling that due to that, they won't value other parts of the service. I can explain prices have gone up, but due to already agreeing that I will keep the price the same for the three months. Um, personally, I think you should keep it the same uh, for at least the first three months. Um, yeah, you've had that realization. You've learned that about how to price your service, your whole service. But I think you you'll be going back on your word a little bit if you're saying the price is this, and then from their perspective, changing changing your mind and trying to justify the price increase. So, for me, for that one client, uh, yeah, for that one client, I'd keep it how it how it is for now. Um, dig into reviews each month prompting the different elements of your service, how it's going to help them. Then when it comes to um, the third month of that guaranteed price, then you can 
start to kind of build out the understanding of the price behind our small service. In my opinion. Next. We pose for another essay for myself. Changing my payment method to monthly direct debits in the new year. What would you do? Speak up, speak up. Don't ever interrupt me again. All right. Um, what would you do if a member wanted to sign up but couldn't make one or two weeks due to a holiday, therefore didn't want to pay for a full month? I think a potential option would be to increase their session frequency before and after their holiday so they're not missing out. I know this is an option for one-to-one, -one, but it, it would, but would it work for group coaching too? Some cases I don't think I'd mind charging for half a month if I meant keeping them in the business, but I can imagine it would be a bit of a pain to manage. Go. It's essentially you've created two options there. One where you're giving them the option to increase frequency before they go away, which is one option. And with you doing group coaching, it's not as if as if you're gonna um that's gonna create more time for you. So that is definitely an option. The other option is to do the pro rata that. I think that's what you've just explained um, in relation to charging for half the month and then setting them up. That's also an option. Um, the third option is telling them, obviously, if they're interested, maybe getting them, if they're away for two weeks, maybe it's a case of just starting on the first of next month. So you've got three options, and I think you should just present all three options to the person because each person might pick something different depending on their individual situation. So... Um, yeah, I think all of them are viable options. It'd be wrong for me to say you must do that one because it'll be dependent on the person. I think you should have all three options there because you're going to come up against this loads, aren't you? So if you've got all of them three options in the back pocket, that's great. Well, the only thing I would say is obviously front and back loading before and after to go away is great. Like in a group perspective, it's shit in a one-to-one -one perspective. Pro rata is probably the most sensible option. Um, but if they do choose to not start until the 1st of December, for example, um, I would just ask the client or that person who's joining the group program what they feel would keep them engaged, motivated, and doing stuff in between now and then and post-holiday and what you could do to help to keep them engaged to make sure that they sign up on the first. So not a straight answer, but you've kind of created two or three options, and I think you should explore them with each individual client when you hit that. It's not a problem. Hit that situation when, when people come into the group program. Anything else you'd add? Um, the next question is a really good question, actually. I really wanted this when I see it this morning. You've got it, you fuss. Selfish. Oh, yeah. Um, well, listen, that's me, isn't it, Nick? It's just me, isn't it? Um, if, you were starting in, if you were starting new in a commercial gym, what would you do? What would you have as your three to five daily non-negotiables? 
number one, <clears throat> um, number one, it's an obvious one, but literally be there in. So if I was walking into a gym like fresh, don't know the gym, don't know the demographic, I would probably spend my first week being there a lot to try and understand peak times, the, you know, the flow of the gym, get used to the environment, um, literally, literally spend my time on the gym floor, introducing myself, making people aware of who I am. Um, you know, I'm the new PT here, blah, blah, blah. That is the very first thing I would do, like genuinely. Um, coupling up with that, I'd probably then be more strategic. I'd probably understand from the manager, um, understand the class timetable because that's going to bring footfall into the gym i'd understand demographic um so that's the second thing i would do third thing i would do is probably probably start to do some ad hoc i don't want to say workouts but ad hoc um technique correction ad hoc coaching sessions uh you know ad hoc little mini classes with people um and the reason i would do that is because it's it, it's a viewing for for the rest of the members of me coaching and being there a lot and coaching a lot of people whether they're a client or not so that's another thing i would do um <clears throat> i would I would 100% record what happens in those times in regards to um, make notes of names of people I've met, make notes of, um, have a little, I don't want to use the word journal, but a little bit of a record after each day, like what happened, how well it went, who was spoke to, um, just so I can start to then kind of collate some information about how that how, how those first few weeks have gone. <clears throat> Post that, my, my fourth point would be really strategic with my time then. Once I understand the demographic, once, once I understand um, the peak times, the low times, you know, just the general environment of the gym. And the fifth one is coming into a commercial gym, I would absolutely double down in targeting myself and being really specific with what I want because that's going to help me create boundaries it's going to help me be more productive than busy um and just thinking back when I started in a commercial gym paying rent I didn't have that so it led me to being in the gym for like 12 14 hours a day seven days a week weeks on end and I just led to led to burnout Got busy, but led, led to complete burnout really quick. So those are my five. I think I did five anyway. I feel like you made that harder than it was, or you made it sound like a really hard answer. Right. One. I wanted to give a good answer, Anthony, and hopefully I have. Maybe not in your eyes, but to be honest, I don't really give a shit what you <laughs> Um. Do you rate leaflets posters for marketing? 
e.g. if I included a QR code to a free 12, 20 to 28 day program when completing a survey or something? I rate them when they are part of a plan cooperates over different ways of marketing to, marketing to people. I don't rate them when it's a PT's only way of marketing to people, when they think that a poster and a flyer is enough to bring leads in. So if that's alongside you building contact points on the gym floor in the local area, on email, on social, or one or two of the, the three or four that I've just mentioned, yeah, I do rate them. Um, I would try and be more proactive than kind of passive with them as well. So like you QR code, I think that's a great move to put on a flyer, but I would hand that to people off the back of interacting with them. Um, I feel that that's more effective. Um, but yeah, knowing the person who asked this question, I would be confident that they would potentially working for you, but make sure that you just track everything so you know for future where people have come from. So when they inquire, on a drop down of your inquiry point, um, make sure that you put on there that was it a leaflet, was it a flyer, was it a poster, was it social media, email, gym floor, just so you can start to really measure where people are coming from. And um, because that's going to be important for, for future marketing campaigns. So, yes, I rate them to an extent as long as they're part of other contact points. Any PTs watching, listening, who thinks that that a poster and a flyer will be good enough to sell something alone, are deluded. Sorry, buyer, to get a bit of negativity in this morning. Got a question on the group. Some of my clients don't bother with the check-in. Some do have busy lives, which I do get. Some, what's think of, think of to do, sorry. Um, I think he's saying, thinking of doing a simpler version, e.g. sending some questions in WhatsApp. What's your thoughts on this? Um, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's an option. It is an option. But similar to your question regards to the monthly business review, I think, actually... This is a decent cue for the post today. I think reverse engineer why you think that they're not using it. So go back to the start when you took them on. How did you present it to them? What did they understand about it? Like a lot of personal trainers get frustrated that their clients aren't doing check-ins, but the client doesn't really understand why they need to do that check-in. It might be common sense to you, but it's not them. You don't see the value in that process because like you said, they're busy um, and it's not a priority to them. And do you know what? You can't blame them for it. So <clears throat> like anything, it needs to come from an area of acceptance and a bit of pain as well. Like they, they start to realize that they need this process to keep them accountable or to keep them motivated, to keep them consistent and then value it more. So what you've put, <clears throat> what you've put there, um, what you put there is definitely an option, right? But then if, that's only an option and you should be creating options when a client starts to struggle. So like if a client starts to hit a bit of a brick ball with motivation or whatever it is, consistency, accountability, we sit them down, we go back through goals and go, right, okay, 
off the back of that, what do you feel like you need to do? What support do you need from me? Okay, cool. So in the past, I've presented this weekly check-in to you, and that's potentially not work for you. It doesn't work for everyone. In what way do you feel that we can create something specific to you you can adhere to? And let them come up with some options. They might turn around and say what you just suggested there. And if they're stuck going, yeah, I feel like I need something like that, but I don't know what that looks like, then you can start to present options. Could it be a compliance tracker? Could it be um, a voice note? Could it be a, a check-in on, I don't know, they do a bit of a mini video for you to summarize the week and there's only three areas that they cover. It can be bespoke to that person and that, and that individual. And I think that's important because that's coaching. Like to expect, and some people might be pissed off, to expect all of your clients to fill in a standardized check-in that's the same for everyone and expect full adherence. Like honestly, first PTs are, are absolutely mad if you believe that that's going to happen. So sometimes you're going to have to individualize your approach with that check-in. Um, but it has to come from a client-centered way. So like you have to ask them, what do you feel? is going to be best for you to keep you accountable. What is it that you feel should be on there? Because I might speak to Nick and Matt, I might speak to you and you've got both, You've got one of you has accepted that you're really struggling from a nutrition perspective, the other one's really struggling from a motivation perspective. Okay, cool, so how can we bring a check-in or some element of consistent support to life to help you with that? Because if you, if you kick on with that and you can start to build motivation and gain some traction within your nutrition and so on, that's going to help you feel successful. And then we can get back on the wagon in their terms. So really long-winded answer. I think it depends on the clients. Yes, create options, but they're only going to be dialed into that process if they value it and it comes from an area of problem and they see it as a solution. Anything you'd add to that, Nicholas? Nada. Well, that's fantastic, isn't it? Well, else? Mm. one in here. Mm. Oh. Do I have any different daily non-negotiables, <coughs> John? Um, if I'm honest, John, I stopped listening to him. Um, so I don't know what he said. So rude. I don't think he mentioned one that I think is really important. Um, and I strongly advise any PT going into a commercial gym and marketing themselves on social media to do this. Have some time when you go in, right? And this might be because it's fresh in my mind because the podcast that we did with the PFCA, we talked about it a lot. Have some time to sit down and map out who exactly you are as a coach, as a business owner, and why you're doing what you're doing. And when you do that, also have some time out and go, who am I absolutely not and don't want to be? Because PTs that go into a commercial gym get so influenced by the rest of the people around them, which is a natural thing. Like I was as well when I first started in fitness first years ago. But you get so influenced about what others are doing and compare yourself so much that you actually forget who you are, why you got into the industry and the types of people you want to help you're passionate about. And I think that it's dead important going into a commercial gym now, especially when a lot of people are influenced by social media as well. You start to forget why you got into the industry and it stays you away and you get really busy quite quick in a commercial gym. A lot of people do. And 
you start to forget your own kind of really core values. And I know it's quite wishy-washy talking about values and all of that stuff. It's really important. I think it, it realigns you to go, right, this is who I am. This is what I am as a business and as, as a coach. This is who I'm absolutely not. And it stops you from being influenced by the people that you're not. And it helps you to stay in your lane a little bit. Um, and it's the same for going forward as well. It's like, who am I? Who do I want to be? What am I going for? Like, what is my business and all that? And going forward, where do I want to be? Well, who do I want to be as a coach? Where do I want to take my business? What is my business? Just give yourself some direction, some clarity. That's the biggest thing. Give you some, give yourself some clarity so you don't get steered away too much from being influenced by the fucking bell ends around you in the staff room or on social media and all of that type of stuff. Um, I think that's really important because... Yeah, it just helps you stay in your lane. It helps you concentrate on yourself and it helps you stop comparing yourself to others. And I think that's what cripples a lot of personal trainers who go into commercial gyms. The situation doesn't meet their expectations because they're constantly comparing themselves. Um, and I think that's really important. So I just, yeah, I thought I'd add that one. Have you got a problem with that? So I waffled on, okay, now. Well, uh, John asked the question. Answered it. I give him one point. I just think it's really important, Nick. Do you know what? Fuck you. Wow. Too shy. Any more questions? Is there? Good. I don't have to spend any more time with you. Right. Yeah, do one. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, I hope you have a great day, a great week. We'll see you. We'll see you very fucking soon. All right. See you in a bit, yeah? Okay.